0: I think I, I heard it described once, and I'm, I'm not sure who said this, but you make art because the, um, when the pain of not making exceeds the pain of making, and I think there's something in that.
1: Welcome to the Final Fruit Pop. a platform is the exploration of art and the creative process. This episode is the second part of my conversation with Mark Thompson. Please go back to the last episode for the first part. Mark is an oil painter who creates stunning landscapes and interiors that are both factual or fiction, and his work deals with the considerations of memory and truth. As well as painting, Mark is also a photographer, using analog methods to explore the passing of time. I thoroughly enjoyed my talk with Mark Thompson, and I really hope you enjoyed it too. So I ended on at what point does an artist's reputation or brand become more important than the work they create mm-hmm. um i think
0: i'm going to pretty much repeat myself um my, my my biggest issue is is with the idea of branding um you know as an artist it becomes almost like a kind of cult of personality so that the um the the name of the artist the the idea the, the idea of the artist becomes um, a bit like a facade, you know, you lose the personality and the, the work to a certain extent becomes much less interesting than the idea around the person. It's a bit like the, you know, and, and I mean, no disrespect to him, you know, it's like the, the Banksy phenomena, um, you know, his, his name is, is far more interesting than the work, arguably. Um, and I don't know, um, but I, th- I think also, th- and, and this is this is the same for all artists, I should imagine the the difference between fame and regard. Yeah. You know, um, what are we really going for? Um, you know, do, do we want um, our work to be well regarded? Do we want it to be seen and um, in the broader sense, useful or do we want our own face and self um, to be famous? you know, in, in the modern sense. And I certainly know which one I'm
1: going to go for. I about say, Do you think art should be useful though? How do you mean, sorry? So like, can you create art just for um, commercial success? I should imagine you probably can. Um, it, it,
0: I suspect that a, a great deal of that work would be um, somewhat vacuous because you'd have to produce so much of it um to spread far and wide uh, to be honest with you I'm not entirely sure that's what I mean I, I can't speak about any other kind of art really than painting and I'm but I'm, I'm just not sure that's what painting's for you know yeah that's a fair answer it's by definition slow
1: of course yeah because it takes time to create it yeah
0: and I mean yeah is there is there any higher inherent value if a painting is done in a day or done in a month probably not um but that's true. I'm just in terms of the sheer marketing of it, you know, how, how can say for the sake of argument you make 10 to 12 or 15 paintings a year? Um, that simply isn't enough for a the machine, the you know, the machinery of yeah. fame to to grind you out into
1: something usable. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, because you need to you know, be constantly in everybody's thoughts all the time or at the forefront of people's view all the time. And I think yeah, that's a good point because, like, I think, you know, when you see artists who have, like, quote, unquote, evergreen content where they can just be like, oh, this is what I did three years ago. Mm. Like, that's cool. But to a certain point, you're going to have seen it all and people want to see more. Mm. want to see what you're doing next.
0: Well, I think also
1: in order to gain that kind of
0: fame rather than regard, one would have to be in the hands of an ad agency. And yeah, you know, that's a, true. Pu- you know, and a publicist, and, and otherwise, you spend it would be a full time job making yourself famous for doing something you no longer have the
1: time to do. That's true. That's very true. And also, yeah, and it would take away from your obviously creation of the art. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of defeats the purpose of being an artist, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, but it- hey, you know, I think. I don't know, I just think the, the tie between art own commerce and art and commodity are, are extremely interesting. It's just something that's on my mind a lot recently.
0: I think it's it's,
1: it's hard for it not to be. Um,
0: yeah, you know, I, I very, very recently, and probably I'm late to the party on this one, you know, um, heard about this contemporary phenomenon of NFTs. Um, and it sounds an awful lot like attempting to sell air. Um <laughs> You know, it, it, <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong, but i, I it seems somewhat anti-art. I, I can't help thinking that, um, and I may have used this phrase before, it, it, it's, um, you know, contemporary society and the contemporary art world particularly has, has made a kind of compromise with commerce um, mm. and where objects are traded as physical commodities rather than as artworks you know that they, they become yeah. um the, the same as stocks and yeah that they, they become part of a portfolio which, which is something that um is is relatively recent it's a little bit like you know those um, those strange sand pictures that were trapped between two sheets of glass, glass and yeah. you tilted it one way and all the sand would run in a pattern to one side yeah. that's kind of what's happened with the art world and money um it, you know, um, the financial industry um, sort of yanked one side of the, the sand picture down, <laughs> and all the yeah, sand absolutely. went up to one end, um, and with very little on the other. So, what's what's happened is, uh, or certainly seems to be that in the the, the thin end of the, the the market, you know, the, the much the, the lower priced end. Um still has a, you know, it, there's a there's a following um and um there's there's a lot of potential as a young artist to, to market yourself through um you know, online galleries and sort of sell-it-yourself kind of platforms.
1: Of course, yeah. And then at the other end
0: of the, the market, you've got you know sort of massive money moving around, yeah. you know, with the phenomena of people bidding their own collections up higher. Um, but the, the whole of the middle ground has sort of been carved out (laughs) so so. yeah I mean I I don't know I was at an art fair a few years ago and talking to um, a gallery owner from a a gallery that I'd always been interested in showing in London and never quite got to really speak to and I was talking to her about um, another artist's work at the fair and and somebody came up to me and said oh you know I'm an artist and can I possibly show you my work and she said well uh, Firstly this this really isn't the place to do it but secondly honestly we're we're letting artists go rather than taking new ones on you know we we've got a, a a smaller premises now than than we've ever had
1: because you know the overheads are bigger um and people are far more cautious yeah well that's actually a really good consideration because i think i think there's a a big i've not it's probably not a myth, misconception that's mm. it's probably a big misconception that to be quote unquote successful, is you know you have to get to a gallery, and you know if your work is good enough, a gallery will just welcome you with open arms. when actually, you're right; they've got overheads, they've got space to consider. They're paying rent for that space. Mm. You have to make sure that they're taking you know the right precautions. That and you know your work will sell. Mm. So there is that's a good point. There is like a a very big level of business underneath it that you don't really see or you don't really hear much about.
0: Well, and there's there's a, you know there's a very good reason for that.
1: Uh, I think the
0: um, you know we we're, we're living in this kind of tech era um where the the means of creative application you know um has been put in everybody's hands anybody that owns a a, an iphone or a you know whatever uh, you know has procreate and garageband and final cut pro and you know everything that you can make um a feasible product for want of a better word and i use that with a certain degree of caution and you know there's the idea that anybody can be an artist, any anybody can create something. Um, and you know, if you just put your heart and soul into it, you too can be successful. It, it's a kind of uh demystification or a democratization of, of art, and I'm not entirely sure that's healthy. You know, it, it's a um, I think when a practice or a process that we've been engaged in for, I think they gate they. They carbon dated the um, the earliest cave painting. It was something like 120,000 years old. Wow. You know, if we've been doing this practice for that long, there is something inherently human and something quite special about it. Um, turning it into something that is throwaway and um, deletable, I'm not sure that can be a good thing.
1: And do you actually think? Do you think that anyone can be an artist, and or? Is there a difference between somebody who creates images or somebody who makes images?
0: Well, that's really interesting. I mean, it, the last part of the question is in some ways semantics. Um, you know, it depends on the terminology we we wish to use. Could you give me the first part of the question again?
1: Yeah, can anybody be an artist?
0: I think there's a there's a big difference between a skill set and its application creatively. I mean, arguably anyone can be taught a skill and does that set of does that set of skills inherently make somebody an artist you know say that they're they're taught to draw and they have um a grasp of um color theory does that make them a painter i mean yeah it's a bit like saying um is literature Dostoevsky, or is it the phone book you know, both are, both are made of words. Very good analogy. Theoretically, are both literature to a certain extent. I think I'm I'm hesitant to use the the term hierarchy, but there has to be a difference between. <laughs> I'm Going to get myself into terrible trouble here, but there has to be a difference between Bob Ross and Vermeer, or there has to be a difference between. Um, not everything's the same. Yeah, of course. You no, know, n- otherwise there'd be no such thing as criticism. The, the, That's true. The, the, the gallery world would, or the the museum, the idea of the museum, um, that notionally, was it museum comes it, it means the home of the muses. You know, it, um, there's a reason why we have institutions that maintain and hold objects. And ideas that we hold to be the most important things that humanity creates. There's a difference between, and yes, of course, it's a it's a it's a question of taste and it's a sliding scale, but there is a difference um, between. I'm going to have to use the the, the literature analogy again. You know that there is a difference yeah, between, you know, the um, the the manual for your washing machine, or uh, you know, a Mills and Boone or um, a Hello magazine, and Jonathan Franson, for, for for one of a better author. Um, you know, th- there is a difference. We we know there's a difference. I mean, we're, we're very queasy to say <laughs> where, where where to draw the line. Um, and I, I think one of the biggest problems in in contemporary art, or, or certainly certainly within painting, is where we allow ourselves to draw the line.
1: Yeah, you know.
0: Um, and I, again, you know, it's impossible not to come back to this idea of um, the fashion for de-skilling. You know. Yeah. That's, yeah. The moment that came in, um, we we kind of hobbled ourselves in being able to then discern what we considered um worthy of attention
1: yeah actually yeah that's a good point and i think yeah attention is the right way to put it because everybody has their own kind of audience and their own kind of intent and in why they create work mm. and i think that plays a large part as into how much kind of um emphasis put people put on it for it to be true or, art or not mm. i think that's a good point um i actually read once read a book that i'm actually going to send you as a suggestion it's called mm. the court of the amateur okay um and it was talking about how people being amateurs are killing industries because people always think they can do something mm. yeah actually it's hurting the industry more than it's helping okay. because you yeah. know say photography for instance which is a perfect example all the people doing free work and free photo shoots is killing mm. the business for photographers who are trying to make a living mm. you okay. know Absolutely. and it's great you know, and it's great that people want to obviously be photographers and do photography and, and explore that medium. But there is other repercussions further along the line that they're not mm. thinking about. Um, and it was it's just think, a really interesting book. Mm. I um, think it's if 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 one isn't careful,
0: um, one constrains this kind of slightly po-faced idea of us uh, awfully experienced and um, proficient. Um, in this case, artists at the top of the the stylistic tree. Become arbiters of taste for everybody else, and everybody else is somehow yeah. inferior. Um, you know, that's that's one end of, of the argument. And, you know, the other end is, is this um the thing that we're talking about, where everybody's an artist and um it, it, it's all um it's all fun and throwaway until we find the next thing we're, we're interested in. That's at the other end of, of the spectrum, and inevitably the answer lies somewhere in the middle but i suspect that we you know how in in recent times we, we've you know populist politics that yeah. has a tendency to disdain um expertise and it, it seems that um life has finally caught up and is suddenly imitating art yes 100%. you know um we um if we denigrate the expert who holds any of the answers or at least who holds the the key to the
1: questions yeah that's a good point actually you know yeah you're right i guess you're right like if you level out the playing field of art and say everybody's an artist then you're right like who is yeah then it becomes kind of this convoluted mess of just content And I think, you know, I think that's in a way why content creators, quote unquote, content creators have, and influencers have such a, a standing in the way they do now. Because I think that they're held in a certain regard and everybody else is below that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's like, because, you know, the way I see it, particularly like content creators and stuff, I feel like everybody's content creator first and foremost, if they're putting images online, there shouldn't be any special category for that. And secondly, I feel like the whole idea of influencers are, like, it just seems a bit, maybe I'm just like old before my time but it just it doesn't make any sense to me Mm. why are we putting people on a pedestal I just don't I just don't understand that Um, particularly people who who don't necessarily have any particular expertise or any particular knowledge whereas in somebody like you know an artist who has that knowledge and has that experience of being an artist for you know decades for instance Mm. why would we not want to listen to them why do we listen to the you know the next hot thing that just happens to be trending well i think that there there are two two things that instantly
0: sort of leap to mind and one is the um the and we may have we may have touched on this already this this um the thin spreading of the term artist has made an artist of everybody you know if um if generated um pop bands are called artists and rembrandt is called an artist you know, the, the, there's a yeah, so there's, there's a disconnect um, yeah. there. Um, yeah, I think also we love drama. You know, we love mm-hmm. this the excitement of the next big thing, and we love to overreact and yeah. um, you know get all bent out of shape and and bothered by things. And content creation it is um, it, it feeds that bubble.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's like. Um, oh, that, you know, this is extremely exciting, it's very new, so therefore um, it pushes all the buttons in my brain. And, I mean, I you know, I'm not a psychologist, I, I don't know the terms, and I certainly don't know, I, I certainly can't talk on this with any great um, expertise or authority. Um, but, um, you know, I, I'm reminded again of of the, I think I may have said this in, in the first part of the interview, that... Um, uh this wonderful cartoon of um uh, the, the top half of it um shows leonardo da vinci holding up the mona lisa saying yeah. it's taken me 15 years to create and i'm i'm delighted and then the the box underneath is, is somebody saying oh my god i haven't posted a, a, a new work of art in three days people must think i've done <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that says a lot about society. And I think, particularly about particularly for something like art, for instance, which you know could be considered by some people, not everybody, but by some people, could be considered you know frivolous or unnecessary. Um, And I think that's a a really good point in terms of the existence of the artist, particularly online. But the question is, why and how has the artist become
0: um, synonymous with frivolity or meaninglessness? we've done this to ourselves. I think as artists, we've allowed ourselves to be seduced by the marketplace and, um, by ad agencies. And, and I'm not saying that they're the root of all evil, but you know, this, the, you know, we've, we've sort of allowed it to happen. I mean, do you you remember, um, it is, this is, this is a very easy, um, straw man to burn, but I mean, it's like, you remember the, the sensation show um, that exhibited all the, the YBAs at the Royal Academy um, and then trooped them around the world. Um, God, when was that? Uh, early 2000s? Um, and it was everywhere, you know, and it was Sarchi's big collection. Um, after the the run of, of all that, um, he promptly deacquisitioned most of it, put it into auction and declared it dead, and then he started collecting paintings you know um yeah again it's, it, it feeds back into this idea of um of commerce again you know the, the sad fact is and i'm, I'm talking about in circles a bit but as an artist you know we all need to make a living we're all trying to make a living um because we, we're desperate to make the next painting
1: or the next whatever it might be of course i think that's that's the thing is that like it's you're not creating art because you want to be rich or famous. You're creating because you want to create the next piece. You want to have these better, bigger ideas and you need money for that. Mm. You know, and I think I actually had this conversation with someone the other day when I did an interview, and I think it's such a shame that there aren't more, you know, kind of grants or more accessibility to money for artists and projects. What would people be able to do if they had the money to do it? Mm. Like, it's such a shame that it's only a select few people have the opportunity to ever really fully, you know, realize the, the potential of their work, you know?
0: Yeah, but I think also uh, it, it, it's a question of defining potential. Um, is good work, is interesting work, necessarily large, flashy, and expensive? No, no. Um, it, sometimes it's a little bit like the idea of um, virtuosity is um, is better used in the service of another. It's a you know, it's like having um, you know, say extraordinary guitar players, um, you know, making their own album and nobody wants to listen to it because it's a lot of notes. If they're put in service of somebody else's song, sometimes that can be a better blend. Um, I think, you know, if, I'm very, very reluctant to use the word true artist, but I can't really avoid it in this case. Um, you know, if somebody that, that needs to to um, is going to create regardless, you know, can be given a um, a pack of Crayola crayons or a single pencil and a piece of paper, and they will have the route. Um, you know, maybe not all the means, but certainly the route to 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 begin um satisfying or scratching that itch um you know if um if one becomes dependent on large amounts of money to even begin to make one's own work it's a very rapid um road to suddenly not being able to make anything at all yeah. because you become dependent on somebody else funding it and at some point you're not going to be flavor of the month
1: that's true, and therefore That's the
0: money's true. going to dry up, and so is your work.
1: That's very true. And actually, talking about work and your work, so if nobody saw your work, would you still create it? Oh, of of, of course. Um, you know, and I, I don't say that flippantly. Um,
0: you know, if I think about the span of um, my creative life, you know, beginning at I don't know age fourteen or whatever and reaching through to me being 48 now, um, there have been times of abundance and times of famine. My math is terrible, so whatever the span is between then and now, um, I'm still doing it. Um, And before I had a gallery, before I was selling anything, I was still making stuff. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's about... um, it's about the useful application of obsession. I think I, I heard it described once and I'm, I'm not sure who said this, but you make art because the um, when the pain of not making exceeds the pain of making. And I think there's something in that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think art is a very um, emotive discipline. I think both both for obviously the viewer, but also for the artists themselves. Because you're giving a bit of yourself every time you paint or every time you create something. It's you know part of your story.
0: Yeah, it's why the trivialization of it, it becomes annoying.
1: Oh yeah, I imagine a rubber people look the wrong way because it's like you're putting time and effort into it and you're putting actual time and actual effort into it. And you look to your left and you see somebody who created something in like 10 minutes and it's being, you know, going viral and being, you know, spread all shared all around the world, and you're just a bit like you no, know, damn you know yeah. i spent spend time hang, hang doing this there's certain artists that i see whose work you know i like but then i'm just like that's just so much better and it just seems like i mean i guess it's the way it is but it just seems like a bit of a shame that there is no kind of um i guess gateway
0: really aaron, aaron it's not a meritocracy and <laughs> I there, therein lies the the, the the problem um yeah you know uh it, and it's a contradiction in some ways to everything we've been we've been talking about um because it's not merit driven yeah the the wind blows you know and it changes direction and it's why in a roundabout way of answering that last question you have to just continue making the work regardless of
1: yeah that's a really interesting consideration because um I was actually listening to a podcast earlier with an artist called Alyssa Monks I don't know if you know her work yeah um, um and she was saying about because I was talking to her about like oh so the people interviewing her were like oh you're really successful you know was, was it was it being like having success you know so early on in your career and she was mm. like I don't care about it I care about creating yeah for me it's about the creating the work and I, I hear a lot of people say that and I've actually realized that's actually really true it's the money side of it is yes of course it's you know it's important you need to survive but it's the the need to create that drives you more than anything else. Yeah. Do you find that's the same for you? Absolutely. I'm
0: I'm gonna assume that the podcast you were listening to was the Art Grind podcast. It wasn't. yeah. It, yeah. I, I I heard that one. Um yeah. Oh I, even better. <laughs> I've heard Lisa Monks um um uh, interviewed a couple of times and you know, I, I mean I love her work. Um and it, it come it it seems to come from from that same route. You know, it's necessity. Um, necessity has driven invention um, and she has um, gently shifted um, the technical narrative of her work to to follow her desire. So, yeah, I, th- I think she's um, I can understand why she's such a good teacher and is and is inspirational to people.
1: Absolutely. It was a great podcast. It was a great episode. And um, I got quite a lot of art listening to it, which is interesting. That's good. Um But one thing I wanted to ask you that I didn't ask you last time is about photography. And do you see photography as an art form? Absolutely. Um because oh. I'm sorry, I was gonna say because obviously there is, you know, quite a debate about it, I guess. Um and then obviously the last, you know. 50 years or so it's become more and more progressively art driven and kind of based in the arts as opposed to being separated from it so I just want to know what your opinion was I didn't ask you and I thought right after I thought I should have asked you so well I, I don't know I, I look at a, a lot of photography
0: I'm, I mean I'm not massively um uh informed about it I, I must admit I, I have a tendency to gravitate back towards the the photographers I like um without necessarily spreading my um taste wings. Um, yeah. But I remember first seeing the the photographs of Sally Mann, um, yes. particularly the 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 what was it, the true South or Deep South um images, the, the ones that are kind of collodion plates. Yes. And you know there, there's um in the nicest possible sense. Um, they have a very uh, painterly um, feel, you know, they um, they feel like a, a handmade description of time. And, you know, I, I think that idea is at the, the core of um, the kind of photography that, that interests me. Um, you know, we talked last time about the um, Hiroshi Sugimoto um, theatres um, and the idea of holding time in a single image and, um, you know, it, it being a metaphor for for existence. I mean, photography is a fascinating one, particularly now, because it's... Um, the iPhone has made has made a photographer out of everyone. Has it made a good photographer out of everyone? Of course not. But it's 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 driven. Um, you know, it's given a a, a a satisfying tool into everyone's hands. I think that you know, again, it it, it it's a medium that suffers from the <laughs> from the same series of problems
1: that we were talking about a it couple is- of minutes ago. It does very much. I think even more so. I think in a way, Mm. because I think, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think photography even more so than art suffers from um, problems with what's good photography, and also the problems of just being overloaded. Because you know, with art, yes, of course, there's a lot of artists, but you take the time to create an image. With photography, someone can just literally just upload their SD card, and then it'll be like there. It's a softer threshold, isn't it? Yes, that's a great um, way
0: to play, actually. <laughs> of, of discernment. I think, you know, it, it's impossible not to come back to the same idea over and over and over again, that um, at some point we do stray into Emperor's new closed territory. And I think that th- there's an inevitability about that. The question is where, <laughs> you know, that's where true. and when, and I, I suspect that's probably personal to, to all of us.
1: So why do you think that um, photography can do better than art. Than than painting. Yes. Um
0: well what, what I guess what it does is it is it um its possibility for freezing a moment um with clarity um is obviously something that painting cannot do by definition. Um you know, we can have a damn good go at it, but it's still going to take us a long time. And the the vagaries of emotion day to day—it's like this. Um, you know, we're we're all operating on our own emotional landscape. Um. Whereas, a, a camera um, is—you know—it's inherently dispassionate. You know, it, yes, it is a question of which direction you point it. And if you look at at an artist like um, Gregory Crudson, um, who orchestrates um, single images that look like film sets, Um, you know, they do something slightly different. Um, I think the thing is that they are, it's a bit like a Venn diagram. is it a Venn diagram with the interlocking circles? I never I never know which one's which. Um, but yeah, it, it's like it's one of those um where photography is in, in one circle and painting is in another, and there is an overlap. Um right. yeah. it's a question of how big that overlap is, and, and I think it, it depends on the paint the painting and it depends on, on the, the desire behind the photograph. Um yeah. I think also they're two different worlds. You know, photography stands very, very um, definitively in, in, in the world of everyday experience. Um, Painting occupies a world of its own. Um, I mean, I guess I would say that being a painter, Um, (laughs) you know, and there's no hierarchy in that. Um, But they operate uh, on, on different rules. You know the experience of them is different you know it's a little bit like um uh, realist painters one of the one of the can be seen as an insult when when you say oh that looks just like a photograph yeah. No, no, the photographs yeah. do something different paintings yeah,
1: a different yeah, space. actually go back to just brandon we're going back to interview the little monks so that's what she said actually she said that when somebody said her painting was like a photograph she was really annoyed by that because it's not meant to be a photograph it's meant to be a painting um, so that's really like, i think that's also really interesting the idea of how rare is how, like too real But
0: um, it's, it's it's also about you know how, how the the temperature of, of an experience um the emotional temperature of an experience um is there a difference between going to i'm going to use the museum again as, as a as um as a stage set to play this little drama out um is there a difference between standing in front of um, a famous painting doesn't matter which one it is and looking at it with your eyes or holding a camera up to it and looking at the screen that's there therefore looking at the painting you know uh, uh, you know are we reducing art to proof
1: but yeah, but the for me, I don't know if that's a rhetoric, I'm assuming that's a rhetorical question, but for me, there is a difference because looking at something through a screen is not the same as looking at it in real life. We may think it is, and we may have been led to believe it is, but it's not. Because the way you experience something on a screen, you know, a screen is pixels, you know, the pixels are glass, a painting is painting and texture and
0: brushstrokes. But this 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 speeds back around to the difference between um painting and photography. Um mm photography is inevitably um a facsimile of experience yes. and yeah. painting is an experience it's a little bit like um um the difference that they say between um, religion and spirituality um you know yeah. religion is um trusting in somebody else's experience and spirituality is notionally having your own experience
1: yeah that's true i didn't think about that mm. so you paint every day So how do you stay motivated to keep creating work and how do you make sure that you're not repeating yourself?
0: (laughs) Two words leap automatically to mind and it's grit and rigor. Um, You know, uh, it's a balancing act. Um, I paint most days, Um, you know, yeah, yeah, There are bound to be, you know, some days in the year that it doesn't happen, but of course. Um it is my intention to continue the dialogue with the process. or process is the wrong word, practice. Um, and that is that l- becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, it, it's no longer about um what's that a phrase they use? Um, that it's 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration.
1: Yes, you know, th- <laughs> yeah. there's
0: a lot of that, you know, it, it ceases to be about um oh, you know, I'm feeling so inspired today and I must go and create. No, it, it, it's it's more about actually you, you turn up. Yeah, you do it. You just get on with it. Yeah, you do. Um, and the more time goes by, the harder it gets <laughs> um, because well, your,
1: your desire to make something better increases. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's actually a really good piece of advice for people because I think that's, it's easy to forget that art is a lifetime lifetime practice you know it's not just that okay you'll do it for a couple of years and you know it'll be good it's like you know there's no guarantee like there's no guarantee in 20 years time that you're going to be in any different position than you are now it just means you might have you know an attic full of work yeah you know yeah i think that's what people should be a bit more conscious of that like you know not just to not worry so much about being caught up in whether things are good necessarily but more in creating the work and getting on with it and you know as you said showing up you know just doing it
0: I think yeah I think the work is its own reward um yeah. and it has to be I would rather I mean you know I'm in the lucky position where you know I, I'm able to sell my work but you know I've also been in the position of um not selling my work um and still having to feed the dog and in, in a yeah. non-literal sense, you know, and in the literal sense, um, you know, uh, you know, figuring out how to keep going, how, how to keep doing it—that's where the grit comes in. <laughs> you know, you you have to be bloody minded enough to keep going.
1: Absolutely, because I think it's not an easy path as it may seem, like it initially is, or it, or when you start out, maybe it's not as necessarily fun-filled or is um it's not something you do to relax (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not that's true that's very true but um and so in terms of repetition of ideas and um kind of expanding your work and evolving yourself as an artist like how often do you think about that and how often do you look at your past work and be like compare yourself to then to now is that something you do um
0: inevitably inevitably um, weirdly a, a painting that I made in 2008 um, sold today. you know, oh wow it's so you know it's a few years old and it's going out into the world finally <laughs> um and that that's an interesting feeling um you know at that point it, I believed it to be the pinnacle of what I could do at that point yeah. otherwise I wouldn't have finished it. you know when I look at it now, um, it's a painting I'm still happy to be represented by. Um, you know, I had the, the weird experience a um, l- couple of years ago where I um, I was working as an art technician for, for a short period um, to keep feeding that dog. And um, I, I was working with somebody from the Government Art Collection in, in, in Britain and knowing that they, they owned a painting of mine and um so you know i got talking to to this this lady and i said do you happen to know where the you know where the painting is you know has it had its own life has it has it been shown anywhere and she said well yeah actually at the moment let me just look it up oh it's in it's in beijing you know it's it's been shown here there you know i was like huh okay so when you release something into the world it takes on its own life and you have no control over it um the, but the idea of um, forward movement, it, I would prefer to be gradual and led by the work rather than um, an artificial sense of, right, must change. You know, right, you know, let's, let's keep yeah. things rolling very, very quickly. And um, it's a little bit linked to striving for originality that was one of my next questions. Mm, um, what 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 what's the what is the the what's the question?
1: The question is um, about originality. Like, how important is originality to you in your work, and also just in society?
0: Uh, I think striving to be um, striving to be original it, it can be a little bit of um, a It's a bit like a a ghost that's held before us, you know, um, that only when you're original, will you be successful? You know, if you, I don't know, if we we look back to, um, to the Renaissance, um, -Renaissance, pre-Renaissance, in order to get work, um, there were a, a variety of, but a small, comparatively small variety of themes that were commissioned um you know your commissions came from the church or um very wealthy families um so the, the number of things that you could do was subsequently much much smaller you know um the idea of the, the terror of the blank canvas possibly wasn't quite such a such an issue um and but in that, say, you know, Michelangelo paints an Assumption, Titian paints an Assumption, um, Caravaggio paints an Assumption. Um, these are, this, The theme is the same, but those three paintings are extremely different. Same characters, still very, very different. Um, the, factor, the fact of making anything with any kind of um, personal reflection and integrity makes it unique by definition. It could only exist or be made within those number of hours by you then. Um, The pursuit of um, something that has never been seen before with all the whistles and bells on it, um, it, you know, it it leaves us all scratching our heads, aching to be original. I remember, you know, my first year at at university, um, the the leader of the course, Who Shall Remain Nameless, always used the word interesting, you know. That's interesting. Um, So what what you'd have is uh, what we had, what were 30 odd people desperate to be interesting. Um, And interesting, it was synonymous with unique. Um, I mean, Christ, I'm a landscape painter. I make paintings of landscapes. How unique is that in the grand scheme of history? Not even remotely. does anybody I think make, how you do it? Yeah, well that's the point. You know, does anybody make them quite like me? Well, they couldn't. No. Um, that's true. Because no nobody else is me. It's like um, you know, uh, what's that wonderful um Oscar Wilde quote? Always be yourself because everybody else is already taken.
1: Would you say that's the same for photography as well, though? Or would you say photography has a different set of rules when it comes to originality? Oh, that's a good one. Um it, it depends on the method.
0: Um I think every, maybe even more so. um, I think every image has to be unique because it could only be it can only have been taken at that time, in that place, by that person. That's true. Everybody else was was somewhere else with a different camera. Um, Also, one thing you realize, um, or or one thing I've realized. In the time that I've taught, um, you know, or going to see um, degree shows um, for, you know, art art school degree shows and seeing them sort of year after year. You you go back in 10 years time and you see the same ideas coming through um, because there are only a certain number of things that truly excite us
1: that's true that's a that's kind of a good way to to consider you're right there are some central themes that people will seem to be drawn to and but they explore them in very different ways and very different tangents and yeah. very different kind of i mean what do we care about
0: you know there, there aren't that many things um but the things that we care about we want to explain to ourselves
1: that's a no that's a great point i like that so i am being terribly pushy today <laughs> no 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 it's great so how do you define yourself as an artist without putting yourself into a box well, I, I have a tendency um, to call
0: myself a painter, um, you know, considering the the mess we've got ourselves into with the word artist. Um, but then of course you can trip over yourself by saying, oh, do you paint houses? You know, it-, it
1: Yeah, so um, landscape is a broad term.
0: You know, I, I make paintings. Um, and in, yeah, in the broad scheme of things, yes, I'm an artist. I think, you know, over time, it becomes less and less important. Um, You know, again, it becomes about showing up. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, Um, yes and no. On, on the first part um i enjoy it to a certain extent um uh, i think like everybody else it's a it's a terrible temptation um you know there's a reason its algorithms are based on s- vegas slot machines you know they, they it keeps coming back um and i think you know the the very human side of it which weirdly isn't the the major side of it um I, I really enjoy it. i i find um instagram is really the only one i i devote any any serious time to i really enjoy it because it, it introduces me to um art and artists that i i might not have come into contact with or i wouldn't have come into contact with um and you know that's a pleasure you know and that that inevitably inevitably feeds back into the work because you're seeing things done in different ways um, you know, I remember uh, coming into contact with the paintings of um Nicola Samori. Um yes. uh, you know, I, I'd have never come into contact with those yeah. um outside of social media, possibly yeah. not. Um and you know, the 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 deconstruction of, of the picture plane, you know, the, the surfaces um you know inevitably by seeing them that they have a kind of um they burrow into your into your subconscious somehow everything you see um so i I, you know that that has had an effect on me um there's a lot i don't like about it if i'm honest um and it's mostly the um it's faceless, you know. It, it 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 becomes the reverse of the thing that we actually think it is, you know. It, it stops us being social and turns us inwards, you know. Um, it 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 turns the, the 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 gaze back to the screen again, and you know, it's a little bit like um, you know, back before the days of social media, people actually went out places and looked at each other, and. But there was always, you know, in in certain, I don't know, bars or or pubs, you know, that there would be a TV in the corner, either playing or on silent with whatever playing on it. And the number of people that are staring up at the screen, you know, while sitting with their partner or the people that they're with, because it's it's a bit like, um, you know, it's this glowing ball of excitement um, that's forever changing that we're all drawn to. And the phone is a mini version of that that we carry around in our pockets. Um, yeah. um, it doesn't generate memory, you know? Um, it's again, it becomes like a facsimile of experience rather than the experience itself. And as, as time's gone on, I, 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 my interest in it has, has waned um yeah i can agree with that <laughs> but you know i'm not going to be all kind of um uh i'm not going to kind of pontificate about it and say oh it's you know it's the root of all evil," because of course it is you know um but i i think it needs um we have to be careful how slavish we are to it um yeah because it can convince us that the world is a very particular way and you know the obvious thought behind that is is the edited highlights aspect of a life absolutely you know um we don't see the failures we only see the successes and uh, talking about listening to podcasts I was listening to an interview with uh, Mitch Griffiths um oh. and he said you know he, he sometimes has a as a hit rate of about 45% so in the studio, there's inevitably going to be 55% of the work that doesn't work or yeah. didn't didn't make the grade um, for some reason. We don't, you know, I mean he he his social media account is 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 quite open, so he tends to share a lot. But you know, the the average um person isn't going to be showing that 55%. You know, they're, they're not That's going true. to be, we don't see all the cock ups, you know, um, that we all inevitably have.
1: Right, so do you show yours? I
0: like going to, right. Yeah, I mean, I like. I mean, I don't want to be all kind of holier than now, but I do like to show um, the work in process. Um, Absolutely, sometimes at, it, at its ugly stages, um, which every painting seems to go through Um And I, I don't know. I, I I like that feeling of this is what the work is. Um, you know, and sometimes that's not pretty but you know i'm I'm not going to try and pretend it is <laughs> um just
1: for the sake of amusing see i think that's a really good point though because i think it's 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 easy to forget that we are all nowadays very much guided by the algorithm you know by something that we'll never have control of that you know we can't possibly guess and you know and try to you know you have all these videos of like you know oh how to beat instagram's algorithm and it's like just create the work and then go from there and then see what happens because at the end of the day like word of mouth is the biggest marketing tool you can have and um if your work is that good people are going to share it whether like no matter if they see it now or in five years time and the great thing about art and creating things is that creating things are timeless like a piece of art is timeless like i think we have a, a very well i think nowadays things are very instant everything's very now so if you create a wet piece of work today tomorrow you're going to be okay that's old but, but i think a lot of people forget that what you're creating and it's you're probably you're the perfect example of your painting that's old from 2008 it's like just because you create something back then doesn't mean that it's not so relevant now you know and i think i personally like, i have a tendency to forget that whatever i create today in 20 years time it's still going to be as viable as it is today um, it's worth-
0: and this can be um, absolutely crippling, um, but it is worth keeping at the back of your mind. What am I contributing? You know, where, where do I place myself? You know, am I, I hate this word, I, but uh, am I authentically being myself? When I'm making this work, am I doing the best I possibly can? And if the answer to any of that is no, then do better. <laughs> you know, try harder. Mm. What was it? Was it, that's the other one that um, uh,
1: you know we learn to fail better? Yeah, yeah. Like people shouldn't people shouldn't worry about failing. I think they should worry about not trying. Mm. Well, oh God, our lives are perilously short. You know they just are,
0: and if we, um, if we, if we're overly concerned about, you know, what people think of us and and what people think of the work, and which is the curse of social media, um, you know, people can be taken, you know, ruined psychologically by stray words, and. That's not fair on anybody, you know. one One of the um, one of the, the the best things I was ever told at art school, you know, was was when we um I was on God, I was on my foundation course, and we just started the painting module, um, and the the head of the, the painting department he sat us all down and he said, painting is very very difficult, um, because you hang your heart on the wall and people just walk past. And nothing has proven truer. Um, You know, you become kind of used to it and immune to the idea that, you know, yet you have an exhibition and you stand there in front of it and you hope people are going to love it. And generally they don't. It's just a sad fact because um, you can't appeal to everybody. And social media is a little bit like trying to.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think mean, it gives it the false impression that everybody cares when they really they don't. I think that's why you know it's why the words the like and follow they're quite loose terms. Well, because there's no fuck you button. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's
0: very true. You know, there's, there's no dislike button. It, it it's um,
1: it's it it's skewed. You know. It, yeah. So, so actually, so that's a probably good question to ask you now or just generally is like so what kind of feedback do you prefer as an artist on social via, via social media like are people telling you that i love your work is that helpful to you or do you prefer any other kind of feedback oh
0: my god you know everybody loves a dopamine hit of a like um everybody loves that feeling of my work has spoken to somebody sufficiently where they've just they've just taken the, the emotional leap to say this, this affected me. Um, You know, do I wanna hear, no, your work is awful, don't show it anymore, (laughs) of course not. (laughs) You know, what kind of masochist would I be? Um, um, I think criticism that is uncourted um, is a a product of self-importance um you know if i'm asking for a critique
1: then i'm asking for a critique if i'm not asking for one yeah <laughs> what makes somebody worthy of critiquing your work though um well everybody's worthy of it but i'm not necessarily going to invite it <laughs> that's a different matter um so so i guess who do you know who to listen to um but i've I been mean, do you have certain people that you'd ask for critiques if I, I
0: think if I'm, if I'm struggling with something in the, in the work, um, then absolutely, you know, that there, there are people whose, um, opinions that I value, um, you know, I, I don't make, make work in a vacuum, um, of course. you know, I, contrary to everything that we've said about social media, I've still opened an Instagram <laughs> account, you know, it, it's still running. Um, so yes, of course I'm interested um and you know in those dark moments in the night when you're you you can not sleep you're of course it matters you know of course it matters to what people think of the work um i've been quite lucky you know people are generally kind instagram is a very seems to be so far for me a very kind place and people have been complimentary generally um which which is lovely it's possibly why i've, I've still clear of twitter
1: <laughs> do you think social media gives a false hope to potentially new artists in terms of they might just look at it and be like oh let's just put our work online people will like it um or oh, sell uh, uh,
0: yes and no i mean it's only a false hope if it doesn't work um and for, for okay. a, a percentage of people it, it might um I think I don't think anybody's quite figured out what it all means. You know the the, the social media phenomena. Um, you know we 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 have it in our hands um, to try and understand, but human interaction is infinitely complex. Um, it's a delicate dance that we haven't been taught the steps to. And just because we reduce it to the size of a screen and X number of characters, it doesn't make it any less intricate. Um, so I think we have a responsibility that is um, unaired sometimes. You know, I think one of the problems with, with the, the, the digital world is that it gives people the opportunity to say both exactly what they think in an unedited way but also it gives them the opportunity to be um, anonymously mean.
1: Yeah, that's true. um, that's very true. Without repercussions.
0: That's true. And that can't be a good thing.
1: No, it's not. (laughs) It's definitely not. I mean, we've seen that time and time again. It's definitely not. Um, But in terms of social media, though, so how do you balance creating art and, you know, creating something physical with also being online and trying to engage with the people that do follow you in your work?
0: I'm quite bad at answering comments. Um, You know, I tend to to do it in a bit of a rash. Um, You know, I won't do it when they come in, um, because generally I'm doing something else. Um, And these days, particularly, I I kind of refuse to be a slave to it, you know, to the the time of it. Um, But I, you know, I do value it, Um, you know, I value the kindness of strangers um and I think in some ways that that for me is the the crux of my experience with social media um I guess like everybody I use my phone for music and um podcasts and audiobooks and all the rest of it so the thing is there um but I I try and keep the cover closed <laughs> so that if i posted something it that's that
1: Yes, no i agree i have the habit of as soon as i post something i'll um, turn my data off and just leave it mm. um and i'll come back to it later on that day at some other point of the, but i think that's a good point i think because we use our phones for everything else as well now it's such a law like i have a computer and i have a phone um so if i'm not on my phone if i'm not on instagram come on my computer even like now, like I like doing this because I'm talking to you and I'm not on my phone. Okay, like it's nice. It's nice to take that break. I think that's that's a great thing to do. But I also think the digital world has really kind of taken over the, the way we view the world itself. And I think that's um, it's a bit of a shame. I think personally, I just think it's it's a distraction, if anything else. Yeah, I, I think um, I have to repeat myself.
0: I think it's a, a facsimile of an experience rather than an actual experience. I mean, it's an experience of somebody else having an experience.
1: <laughs> That's true. And do you actually think that because we see other people experiencing their experiences, we base our assumptions of what we can have based on their lives? Well, I think we we model uh, or we're, we're starting to model the things that we,
0: I have nothing to base this on at all. And it, it's me, it is just a guess and an observation. But I think we are, in a weird position where we where we are modeling morality or or our ethical ideas about the world on content that has been created to amuse us and that's a that's a very slippery slope yeah i'm i'm again i, I go back to this idea that um you know we've we're creating a world that we're not entirely evolved to live in
1: that's an interesting consideration actually. you know and it, it, it's
0: only getting quicker
1: that's true that's very true you mentioned what's next probably virtual reality but
0: well you know i think as we said last time have, have we reached a point where the devices that we have um we no longer have to think about anything better you know have, have we reached the the um the generation that can no longer imagine an ipad or its equivalent
1: um, so you mentioned that you like the work of Alyssa Bonks and Nicholas Amori, hmm. and they're both figurative artists, yet you're a landscape painter. So it kind of actually made me really curious, how much figurative work do you look at? Um, and do you think that looking at figurative work can somehow inform the landscapes that you create?
0: Well, I think um, uh, i possibly term it slightly differently. Um, I, I think that we are, for want of a better term, all three of us are representational painters. You know, we're we're all painting objects from the real world. Um, You know, be they human or environmental. Um, And yeah, I mean, I must admit, I'm very fond of of looking at figurative painting. Um, And certainly the kind of fringes of it. Um, And actually, I don't look at a great deal of landscape painting. And I think that's probably a good thing um because I, I don't want to be caught within this kind of closed manifold you know where the the notions around landscape are the only thing that's feeding back in i think that um um you know looking at um contemporary or <laughs> I say contemporary painting painting in general um you know uh, it's like I'm not, I'm not going to go to a museum and only look at the coros or the constables. No, you know. True. Um, You know, the, the majority of work that we see is concerned with our experience of each other and the world, be it internal or external.
1: That's true. And the only reason I say it, because the two artists you said you like figurative-wise, they're... It's like a very certain style of painting where it's it's real, but it's not. You know, it's you know, representation is probably a good way to put it actually, because it's um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's just a very certain style, and it's a, a style I very very much like. It's a kind of figurative work I really like. Um, so I've got a lot, I've got a load of suggestions for you. Then if you want it's that like, like
0: kind of stuff. looking at somebody like Justin Mortimer, um, yeah, or Phil Hay,
1: um, yeah, you know the or
0: um, Adrian Genney. Um, what you know where their work um and again with Alyssa monks you know the, the work is, is is straddling um the 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 physicality of paint and the illusion of object yeah. um you know particularly in, in with somebody like phil Hale um the work is it's very much about um real things but they're not um they're not constructed in the way that um tells us the full story of it um you know and they are also a lot of those the artists that we we're talking about um you know with the possible exception of Alyssa Monks, it they're a little bit they're dealing with um almost like the netherworld of um yeah. of our emotional experience mm-hmm. you know that they're, they're, they're not entirely
1: comfortable Oh yeah, no! Absolutely not. And I think that's what makes them really fascinating. Like it is, like it taps into some kind of other kind of conscious. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah again, it's,
0: of, yeah. It, it goes into this idea of the painted world. You know, it, it, it's um, it's a place of infinite amoral variety. It's a great consolation in some ways to to know that. Um, You know, we're all making very different work, but we're all more or less the same. You know, we're we're all driven by the same um, set of desires um, that
1: end up revolving around paint. Is there any kind of sacrifice or compromise you have to make to be an artist?
0: Oh, God, yeah. Um, Security, you know, is one of them. It's I mean, you know, it, it, my you know my parents' generation, um, the idea of the job for life was still around. Um, Absolutely. But these days, not so much. It, it, you know that that idea seems to have fallen by the wayside. And as an artist, you actually do have a job for life. It may not pay you anything sometimes, but it it, it stays with you. You know, you don't retire. Um, it, I think it. it it's a balancing act you know you have to balance it if you want to um to live a full life you know if you want meaningful relationships and friendships and um experiences of the world you have to balance out your time in the studio um with the necessity of something else um and over the years, that balance, I haven't always got that right, you know, um, but at the same time, I'm not sure I'd have necessarily done that any differently. Um, I think it's taken me getting a little bit older to, to, to find a better balance. Um, you know, actually just the, the, um, the constraints of the body, frankly, you know, um, if you paint for 16 hours a day when you're 25 you can deal with it you know you have another cup of coffee and everything's fine um if you do it when you're in your late 40s you know your back is going to complain or your shoulders are going to hurt <laughs> and you know you have to take you have to kind of be more uh, aware um that's true of of the physical limitations of of who you are um and but also realize that the time spent not doing it can be almost as valuable as the time spent doing it um because you have to push things back into the work you know it's like your your emotional landscape will become um rather monotonous um if you're not bringing new things into uh into that landscape yeah that's a very good
1: point and it's funny that you should say though because you obviously say you create like you know at least most days so that's really interesting to hear you say that And i think that's a good point i think sometimes we forget that people do need to just take a break and need to stop doing things and to think things over sometimes you have to think things through fast rather than just create
0: we all have other interests we all have other
1: things that we can do um
0: you know i think one of the, the you know is the, the, the great problems of life really is that we're desperately searching for meaning and um making art is a is a is a self-imposed identity crisis know where the, the the search for meaning is at its core um and that can take over almost everything else um yeah, absolutely but if you again you know if you're if you're not feeding stuff back in you know if you if you cease reading you know if you um no longer watch films if you don't go out for a walk if you don't talk
1: to other people um the, the it's a dry well absolutely you need yeah you need the experience to to kind of understand yourself and that all manifest in your work because obviously your work is in very many ways ultimately about yourself yeah um, yeah there was this
0: wonderful i can't i can't remember the artist said this um when asked about his, his work he, he said um all the men in my paintings are me all the women in the paintings of me all the landscapes in, the, in my paintings are me you know it, it all feeds back around because it, it's all from one root.
1: yeah it's true i think it's very true i think that like like you were saying earlier like you creating the work will make it unique because you're the one creating it at that moment in time in that headspace with this, you know, particular time, yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that's, that's a good point. It makes sense, it makes a lot of sense. It makes sense to me, at least. That's good. So, success. So, what does it mean to be a successful artist, and has your idea of success changed since you first started doing art?
0: Answering it back to front, um, yes, yeah, yeah very much so. Um, I think that the um, the older I get, the, the more. My dependency on um, the external trappings of success has diminished. Nowadays, it, as romantic as it sounds, it really is about the work. You know, the the work sure. is, is it, its own um, its own barometer of success. You know, even though that success that that feeling of yes, I've done something useful is it, very short lived, and automatically leads on, leads on to the desire to make something better there's the, the successes in that the the punctuation marks along that that stream um are sales you know I, I need to continue to make work i need to be able to afford to continue to make work and live of course um and they are necessarily a, a, a some kind of measure of success um because they um they do mean that somebody liked it enough to to want to live with it. For, you know, finances regard. You know, um, aside. Um, you know, when I when I, I hate saying it like old father time, but when I was younger, <laughs> you know, <laughs> back in the old days, um, um, you know, I I grew into. Um, art, into the London art world. Worked for a gallery, um, um, was very aware of the the mechanics of success. And, you know, I I saw books being made about artists and somebody having an exhibition here and always having an exhibition in New York and always. And, you know, it's um, the bubble of it is very bright and shiny and, and beautiful and buoyant and you desperately want to be picked up by it um and if one is lucky one brushes up against it um you know and you know i have had like everybody my successes and failures um you know um (laughs) i remember um having an exhibition um that started the day one of the gulf wars was announced oh and people came nobody bought a thing you know, nobody bought anything for six months because everybody's attention was elsewhere you know it's the first thing people are going to stop buying is luxury items um so success is rather dependent on um if you measure success by people's reaction to the work, um, you will never take into account everything else that's happening in their lives. Um, so it has to go full circle and come back to yourself again. Um, you know, which sounds in- incredibly um, navel-gazing, um, but you know, you can only please yourself with it. I, I've got a responsibility to myself to make the best work i can while i while i'm able to make work um and my facility to continue to challenge myself is the the um yeah it's the, the kind of cornerstone of of the keystone of being able to be successful
1: i think <laughs> hey it's a learning curve it's a lifetime <laughs> learning curve isn't it right it is because like you know i think. Um, the word success is a very, you know, very broad term. And, you know, what you think success is, is not what the next person thinks it is. So, you know, they're like being successful is just making money, making a living off art. And so then other people being successful is, you know, making a certain threshold of money a year or something. You know, I think success is very uh, different, which is why I like asking people the question. Well, it's relative, isn't it? Yeah, very relative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. It's relative. It's a good question to ask people just because it's, everyone has a very different answer, which is nice. So you sell work, um, which is obviously a great thing, but that makes me curious as to, so who is your audience or do you, do you have like an audience in mind when you create work because you're already selling work?
0: Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I think, um, I don't create work with the audience in mind, you know, the, the audience, um, because the audience is variable, you know, for each painting, um, you only need one person to buy it, well, you know, beyond its its digital form. Um, and you never know who that person is going to be and why they react to the work. Um, you know, it's the great unknowable. Um, so trying to make uh, work for, for that particular person is impossible. You know, the best we can really hope for is just to, to follow the obsession um and keep making um in the blind hope <laughs> that somebody's going to get it um and then we'll spend the money and actually get it that said you know it's impossible not to consider a target audience you know people that are interested in geometric abstraction aren't going to be interested in my work you know it, it's just so i'm not going to pitch it at them um you know, people that are interested in in portraiture aren't, aren't going to be so interested in my work. So it's not going to be pitched to them. You know, it, it's it, it, the field limits um, with with every decision you take, um, and I, in the end, it, it, it narrows down to a field of one.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. I think that's that's pretty interesting because as somebody who looks at a lot of art all the time, which is probably not a good thing. Now i think when I think about it lately, it's like. It's hard for me to define what I like for art because I look at so much and I like so much. But
0: what is it that you're actually looking for?
1: What is it that that it's doing for you? See, I don't actually know, which sounds strange. Um, that Because I, I somebody asked me the day how I choose artists to feature. Um, because obviously, you know, I contact a lot of people, but not everybody I contact gets back to me. And or there's plenty of, you know, millions of other people I don't contact. And um, particularly with these interviews, like I'm very it's weird I'm, I'm quite selective about who I've asked to interview and who I've not because you know I can interview everybody everybody, and anybody and part of me would love to do that but at the same time it's like there's always something I want to ask the artists about their work is why I've asked them to interview them I don't just randomly ask people for the sake of it because I mean I could but I just don't um I wouldn't want to create more work for myself it's already enough work <laughs> um so so do you ever feel like posting your work online lessens its impact
0: um no Uh, You know, know, there's a pithy answer for you, Um, no, Um, I think if that's the if that's the only um, platform in which it can be seen, and will only ever be seen that way, reducing, uh, for the sake of argument, um, I don't know, a six by four foot painting down to two and a quarter inches. It inevitably is going to um, change and diminish its impact. I think what I think what, what can lessen or almost cheapen the work is anything that that seeks to devalue it. It's like if if um, when people if people use the work, you know, I recently I, I had um, a, a painting used as the cover for for an album and the one thing i stipulated was that yes it's not a, it's not a square painting so you're going to crop it um but feel free to crop it but don't change the color yeah you know so it, it maintains the integrity of my initial intention i think it oh God, part of living in, in the in in the modern world is that if you google if you make anything it's going to get out there and if you google yourself it's going to it's going to be a flood of it half of which you've forgotten you ever did um and you have no control over it you know it's going to be disseminated as as people wish and all you can hope to do is make sure that the the images you take of it that you that you share are as good as they can be because then at least they represent it fairly
1: yeah because obviously a are working representation of you particularly because it carries your name as well it's not you're not crazy into like an alias or anything it's your name so people google you and your name and your image you know if your work, that's, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, actually, that's a really good question and, or at least a good discussion about um, self-representation through work in terms of like, and the best way to ask you, I guess, would be like, what do you think your work says about you?
0: Well, it's, it's a bit like, are, are we our work? Uh, yes and no. Um, is it all self-portraiture? Yes, it, to a, to a larger, larger extent it is, but at some point we have to um, separate art from the artist you know it's a little bit like the argument um l- let's take an artist like picasso is the obvious one you know because he's within living memory um by all accounts he he wasn't a particularly pleasant person to be around do we devalue his work because of his character N- no you know i'm sure some people do but that, that's generally just a, um, a question of moral panic you know, going back a long, long way, um, you know, did you ever um speaking about podcasts? Have you listened to Art Holes? No, I haven't. No. That's a fascinating one. Um, it's a uh, somebody who describes himself as having no business running an art history podcast. Um, does a, a real deep dive into the story of, of of an artist. And he he looked at <laughs> Caravaggio. Um, and Caravaggio was an absolute stinker um you know by in the historical record um you know an absolute shambles of a person but arguably created some of the 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 highest achievements of painting do we paint over them simply because he was a bit of a stinker no of course we don't you know are we uh, is our work a product of us and our character yes does it then take
1: it on its own life and have its own agency absolutely that's a good point, though, actually, in terms of character and the art. And I think that a lot of people nowadays find it hard to separate the art from the artist. Because going back a little further in the conversation,
0: because we 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 have this branding, yeah. you know, where, where the artist's personality is, is just as important or more important than the work. So in that case, how can you separate them out? You know, when we think about when we think about the idea of a pickled shark, you know, we think Damien Hirst or Balloon Dog, we think about Jeff Koons, because the yeah. the, the personality um, or the, the figurehead or the name is just as important or, you know, more important than the, the, the integrity
1: of the actual work. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Unavoidable. Okay, that's cool. Okay, so this is a question I did ask you last time. I'm going to re-ask you again. And, and that's just, this is the question from uh, the painter Felicity Beaumont. And it was, at what point did you feel comfortable to call yourself an artist?
0: At what point did I feel comfortable calling myself an artist? Um, I think I slid gently into the term. <laughs> 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 um, in some ways, it's like a process of elimination. You you you, you find yourself painting. You know, it, it becomes something that's important to you, and you want to continue doing it. And it, and it provide it's the only thing that provides actual meaning therefore the the term is sort of bestowed irrespective of choice you know I think it's it's not a lifestyle so that the term becomes less relevant you know it's a little bit like any vocational anything vocational it stops being a choice you know did I have a choice to do this I mean I I could have stuck a a spanner in my own works and say no no I'm going to put the brushes away and stuff that I'm going to do something else but then would I have been would I have had a happy life would I have always been thinking there was something in that art thing you know I think it's something that I've always been will always be and it's for people it's for everybody else to figure out what what that means (laughs) you know I'm
1: yeah I'm stuck with it now (laughs) (laughs) you resigned to the fate (laughs) like oh okay (laughs) no that that's good though that's a good attitude to have though because it's, it's not like you're like oh, I need to do this. You know, I have to. But I I like that. I think it's really nice to talk to you because you seem to be in a very good position where <clears throat> you're grateful for what you have. But you're also very aware that in the grand scheme of life, you know, it's not, you know, it's not, not that important because that sounds like I'm trivializing it to importance. But but I think, you know, you're in that good space where you're, you're grateful for what you've got, but you're also very conscious of, of how much hard work you put into it. Because, you know, it hasn't came overnight.
0: I think that the, the the kind of the most important thing that I am reminded of is that art and painting has no inherent meaning. You know, the object itself has no inherent meaning beyond that which we bestow upon it. You know, as Picasso said, um, it, it, it's... They are lies through which the truth is revealed, Um, and that 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 is the 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 sum not sum total but it's a a major factor in the making of paintings. You know, every mark as a representational painter that I make is an abstraction. You know, it's not the thing itself; it's a it's a representation or a facsimile of the thing that I'm trying to understand, and eventually I end up with. Uh, an object that looks like something, hopefully. Um, but every one of those um brushstrokes has no inherent meaning. It, it's it's like a sum total, and a, a life in art is you know it's a good metaphor for a life in art. You know it, it has no inherent meaning beyond that which you bestow upon it. It, it being a painter. Is personally as meaningful a a pursuit as I can imagine you know it 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 seems to me at this point that that's kind of what life is for and you know I I sincerely hope that I get to the end of my life thinking I made a good fist of it you know I, I I devoted myself to something that um I could find meaning in you know um and that other people could gain pleasure from that meaning.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great. I think that's great attitude to have. You know, I think that's a great attitude to have. You know. And I think, yeah. I, I, know, I enjoy what you're doing. Not that that means anything to anybody, but I enjoy what you're doing, and I think you you do a good job. Um, so yeah, is there anything you'd like to do with your work that you haven't already done yet? No, well, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm finding um, over the last uh,
0: two years, uh, particularly um my um i felt a kind of um opening up of the way i look at the materials the 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 imagery the the possibility to apply that desire to to anything or other any subject this i think part of being being a painter is that you have this image at the back of your head that you could can, you can't really see you know it's a little bit like you can sometimes catch it out the corner of your eye but you're you're permanently seeking um, a way to bring it to the forefront, and painting is a is a kind of is a byproduct of that. Um, and the the image that that is scratching the back of my skull at the moment it is it's deeper, it's denser, it's more lustrous. It, it, the colors more luscious. The the surfaces are glassy. You know they're um, the paint is smoother, thicker. You know, it's like everything is more, and so it's like it's got such a long way to go.
1: So I, I still feel like I'm right at the beginning of things. That's a great mentality to have, though, because it's like you have that joy of just doing stuff, and you're not so constrained to oh, this is the only thing I can do, and I'm not going anywhere with it. Well, I think you. It, it's
0: um, it's. Uh it's brinkmanship all the time you know you, you're courting failure um with with everything you do if you don't change you'll fail if you do change you'll fail um <laughs> and and along the way you hope that you um you touch upon moments where that failure is a little less it's 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 like um you know it's it's a ridiculous um paradox because we we're, we're in making art, we're seeking to, to answer a question that we set ourselves. But um, the question is always shifting, so the answer is never complete. And
1: as it shifts, yeah, it's becoming something else all the time. Yeah, of course, absolutely. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned so far about being an artist?
0: That its highs and lows are proportionally greater than experience without it those highs are short-lived but they're tempting enough to continue to struggle towards go you know going back to this idea of meaning again that yes that there is repeating myself there is no inherent meaning in it but its meaning is still weirdly clear that society has a tendency to deify the object but vilify the creator and that it, no matter what I do, it keeps calling me back.
1: I really like the way you articulate things. I think it's really interesting. Thank you. I think you're you're very good at articulating things. That's why it's the last time you should be a teacher. Like you really should. Like mm. you really should. I think like generally I think it would be really good. I mean, obviously if you want it, it's your call. Cool, but I think it would be really good for you personally. I w- I think it'd be really good. Mm. I just I just like the way you talk about things, and I think it's it's inspiring. And I and I don't mean that so um generically how people always use it. But it's very inspiring. Like I've really I've enjoyed the conversation. It's not over yet, but I've enjoyed it so far. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any misconceptions about being an artist that you don't like? Oh
0: god yeah um that it is um yeah it's relaxing. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah that 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 one doesn't work. Um I think that the thing that that really bothers me um is that particularly when you do it um professionally for want of a better word is this idea that at some point you're going to stop doing that and get a proper career you know that um um that it's synonymous with um um, flamboyance or um frivolity you know or um being somehow unserious in life um you know the the popular kind of misconception is that we're um you know we get up at midday and we you know we flick paint about for a bit and never go to a party and of course if if being an artist was like that well, nobody would get anything done you know most of the time Absolutely. we don't go to parties because we've got something to do <laughs> um so yeah that that misconception is irritating um uh, but i think also you know that we can do this to ourselves you know um i think it's very easy to buy into the the the, the drama of it you know that um that it is about the pursuit of meteoric meteoric success and it's one of the reasons i'm deeply glad that you know i'm older um and have done this for so long because it, I'm, you know repeating you know going back to the same point again it's like the, the measure um, and I'm glad that you asked it about talking about notions of success that success isn't what we think it is or what others necessarily would have us believe to keep striving the one thing I really do love about this about this paint this life in painting is the the pleasure that I get when I sit down at the easel and start again, you uh, know, um, every day, again, I have the 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 gift, the, the the pleasure in life to be able to to continue. You know, um, to try and make something better, and to to maybe share that with people.
1: Yeah, I like that. So that's both it's negative and positive. I, no, that's good. Like that's good, and I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty. So, how do you define the term contemporary art? Um, I suspect that my my answer is going to be pretty similar.
0: Um, you know, you could you can look at there are, there are two answers uh, wrapped up together. The the first of which is the um, is a is a little ob- obvious um, in that by definition, you know, we're alive now, we're we're making stuff, so that that makes us contemporary artists. Um, that, for me, is, is in some ways the, the nicer way of looking at the term because it places us all together. However, the, the, a few years ago, uh, another term was, was floated, which might have got us off the ground in a, in a slightly better way. And it was this idea of being post-contemporary, which definitely referred to, to, to more obvious notions of contemporary art. It, it sort of depends who you ask. You know, if you ask um, somebody that has been annoyed or appalled or made to feel stupid in some way by um, by a work of contemporary art that um, that they feel like they're the only person that doesn't understand, then contemporary art is is something to be um, ridiculed um, or fe- or distrusted or feared. And honestly, I, I think we haven't done ourselves many favours as artists in this, you know, um, naming no names, um, you know, it's impo- It's so tempting, isn't it? Um, but, <laughs> you know, looking at, you know, I, I've, I've been doing this for a long time and um, I'll be doing it for a lot longer, hopefully. Absolutely. And the number of exhibitions in the last, say 10 years that I've seen that have meant anything to me and not just from a taste aspect, um, is a vanishingly small list. Um, you know, if I see one more, um, word in neon flashing on a wall, I'm going to scream, you know, I, I really am. Um, not that there's anything wrong with neon particularly, but it's, it's, it's a, it's 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 merely an example of um it's almost like a thinness of um aspiration i think one of the, the the problems with the 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 kind of communal idea of what contemporary art is is that it it um has become almost synonymous with the obfuscation of meaning so that we it's intentionally obtuse you know it's it's in, intentionally um, uh, seeks to keep us um, at a distance um, it's almost like it's too clever for its own good yeah I think generally if the the description of a work um, in the panel on the wall is more interesting than the actual visual um, impact of the work itself something's gone a bit off um, <laughs> and I've seen way too much of that, and I, I, it, it's a it's a very very good way of um, alienating people. That creates um, an in group and an out group, and unfortunately, we're, we're at the point now where the out group is the majority of people, and the in group is um, vanishingly small but ever more self important. <laughs>
1: That's a very really good way to put it, actually. That's a very good way to put it, actually. Um, and it's very true as well when you think about that, the elitism that runs through art and things like that, um, which is something a lot of people say.
0: You know, we we, we can't, you know, fall under the spell of, you know, the, this idea that everything has to be for everybody, because it can't be, yeah, you know. Of course. Um, otherwise, why do anything with any integrity? Um, why do anything um, that might stray outside conceptions of public taste things can be marginal you know things can be um unconcerned with moral choice things can be unconcerned with aesthetic choice but i'm not a fan of the snide you know or, or the overly ironic or the um i don't like feeling like somebody's trying to make fun of me merely by my presence in the gallery and that has happened way too often so you know coming coming to actually answer that question, um, <laughs> I, I think the term contemporary art is a double-edged sword. It, it's both um,
1: a statement of fact and a thinly veiled insult. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a really good, yeah, that's a, actually a great answer. That's a very good answer because it's actually a very truthful answer. Um, okay, so the second to last question would be do you have any advice for artists? <laughs> probably too much
0: or not enough <laughs> de- depending on um depending on who it was i, I think it's very difficult to make kind of catch all statements despite the fact that that's what i've been doing for the last couple of hours uh, honestly i think it, it turn up I mean, it, it's it's so obvious you know if if you don't turn up if you don't if the work doesn't get done you never see what you're capable of you know look back in time and realize that you're you um your grasp will always extend your reach. There are things that are possible that we can't imagine within the arts, you know. Um, but also, not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know. Uh, uh, you know, a life in art is um, long. Hopefully, you know, it's a long progression. And if you flit about from one half-formed idea to another and don't allow yourself the time to thoroughly research what you're doing you'll never see what you're capable of so turn up and get the work done
1: yeah well i think that's that's really simple but really good advice because if you don't do the work you're not going to have the career okay so that the final question the double barrel um is going to be what are you currently working on and where can people find more about you and your work okay um I am currently working on a,
0: in the broader in broader terms, I'm working on um, a body of work that is um, much more close to home. Um, it, it's um, it's very much based around my experience of this particular landscape of um, Newfoundland. Um, it is. I'm, yeah, I'm pushing the color around um, in a much more deliberate and um, specific way. Um, <clears throat> um, in smaller terms, I'm. I've just started a painting that is a little bit bigger, and it's um, extending my reach a little, and that's kind of fun. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm working on at the moment. Um, I've got, you know, in this um, um, pandemic-inflicted world, you know, shows aren't so abundant um, and my time is my own. So I'm able to, um, using that lovely contemporary phrase, I'm able to drill down um, on, you know, into... um, things that mean something to me um where you can find me um the website markthompson dash or hyphen artist.com um on instagram i i relatively frequent poster um which is at mark um and yeah that, that's that's pretty much it and of course through my galleries
1: um, I so, I, I have a, like, a gallery in Seattle and one in Germany, and um, all those filter out of my website. That's perfect. Well, Mark, honestly, thank you so much. Like, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for doing it again as well. Like, <laughs> that concludes the second of Brian and final part of my commentary with Mark Thompson. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about the conversation, please send an email via theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or via social media sites such as Instagram. The Flying Fruit audio interviews can now be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the platform, please consider subscribing on any of those and sharing this an interview with friends and family. Also, if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and until next time folks, please stay safe.